This is SideQuest Completed, the Hobbyist Game Dip Podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday night with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. It is indeed SideQuest Completed. This is that's the whole, episode... That's my whole song today. Some number. Oh, yeah, it's a lot shorter than usual. This is episode some number or other uh, for July 24th, 2019, and uh, we are to talk about progress updates, both giving them and about them. Yep. Great. So I guess uh, we want to just hop right into that. Just, yeah. I can go. Yeah, I can go first if you feel ready. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'd love to hear what you've uh, been up to. Yay! So the good news is the great, amazing news is that I've actually stuck to my progress goal for the whole two weeks since I said it. So that's two whole weeks of writing. A, 200 or more words for Anthrotari every day. Sometimes I finish 11.45 at night, but it gets done. And that's a lot more words than I had when I was last there. So it's been a huge help. It's managed to help me unblock a lot, because I wasn't sure how to proceed with this particular scene. It's helped me unblock multiple times within that scene, because I had to write 200 words, whether I was ready to or not. And it still flowed much better than I thought it would, despite not being sure but not really having a proper outline for that. And it's been really interesting during Discovery to be reminded after all those times doing NaNoWriMo how having that daily goal makes such a huge difference in terms of actually getting the work done. It does. Yeah. It, it really does. No matter what size the goal is. Um, I got a question about how you're, you're about setting a goal like that. So you, you talked about like it helps you write even when you're not doing, like not sure how to get through that scene so if you do that and you think the scene didn't come out well and you rewrite it the next day, you still count that. That is new progress, right? Because I mean, rewriting is part of writing. So like you're, you're counting those 200 words as whatever writing you do, whether that's new stuff or rewriting to improve a scene. Um, mm. Or you're talking about 11.45. If, if you slip past that and wrote at 12.15, would you still count that in the same day as long as it's before you sleep? So my case... Uh, I know some people count rewriting as new words. I don't, just personally, because there's anything I learned from NaNoWriMo, it's the importance of getting out the words so I know what to write next. If you look at any of my very first NaNoWriMo drafts, there are many places where I put parenthetical text saying, go back and do X, go back and rewrite Y, or otherwise fix Z, and I would just then keep writing because the momentum was so important. And I knew that if I tried to go back and edit stuff, I would lose momentum and get mired in trying to fix it instead of getting the first draft out there. Now, I'll, I'll clarify. I don't count... like yeah. I don't want to go back and edit if I'm doing that yeah. kind of just hit the word goal. But I will not edit, but rewrite. So like if there was a mm-hmm. scene previous in a work that I had ideas about, I need to change this, mm-hmm. or it just need to be like completely redone i might count as new writing sitting down and writing it from scratch you know without going mm-hmm. back and reading it and like editing word for word mm-hmm. or anything just do new writing you know so that's a distinction from editing yeah for my purposes i would definitely count new words as new words yeah those are kind of purposes when it comes to editing i tend to count that on a time frame i half an hour three pomodoros something like that I focus on the time part, but still try to hit that minimum amount of time. Uh, working Did you say on that. half an hour, three pomodoros. 
Uh, for well, two different examples. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say that. For example. Yeah. No, unless you have really tiny Pomodoros. No. Yeah. So like, well, uh, I might my do, garden's not like, doing yeah. so good. So yeah, they're kind of small. Mm, yeah. Very tiny little Pomodoros. Pomodoro is French word for potato, uh, tomato. So for context. And uh, thank you for explaining my joke that. that always makes them funnier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, I have this particular exercise, uh, I haven't, as something hasn't come up yet. It's just been new birds, new birds, fortunately finishing before midnight, new birds. And though if I were to actually go over the time, say 12.15 a.m. before I finish, I still count that as the same day because it would be so much trouble just to figure out how many words I had before midnight to write after. Yeah, it's like, it's because after all, the important thing is getting the words, not getting the words before arbitrary time in the middle of the night. Well, I'm glad to hear that the uh, that goal had, had gone so well and that you hit it day for day so good. That's that's great. I mean, I would consider, you know, getting it most days a success. So getting all of them is fantastic. And if that keeps up, uh, that's great. Did you, uh, where did the 200 number come from? Like, was that an arbitrary goal? Like, I think I can do the 200. Or were you looking at, like, I project I need this many words done in total for the project and I want to finish it in so much time, so I'll divide by that many days. Like, where did yeah, you... In this case, yeah. Uh, ultimately, arbitrary number that felt doable while still giving a worthwhile amount of output as a result. Because 2,000 is what I do in NaNoWriMo when I do, when I have nothing else on my agenda and I push aside everything else to make room for NaNoWriMo. And so not very doable when it's not my priority. Or that is to say when everything else is taking up my time. But anything less than 200 would, at least for me, not feel particularly productive. If anything, I might wrap, uh, wrap it up a little bit, say three or 400, just to get some more done. But the important thing is that 200 a day times seven is a lot more than 300 a day times four. Or I start missing days because of having too many words to do. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. So have you gone over the number of any of those days or, or frequently or anything? Oh, yeah, I always definitely you... go over the number. Yeah. I mean, have you been doing that? Like over this last two weeks, have you had a, a good number of days where you've gone past it or has it been mostly around the 200 mark? Uh, it's definitely always over 200. Uh, for two reasons. One, just getting busy with the flow and losing track of my word count. And two, I'm doing a very simple word count calculation. I'm just looking at the git diff log, throwing it through the word count WC thing on command line and looking at the word count there. So I'm sure it's counting some stuff extra. A few extra characters in there that make it look a little bit larger than it is. So I go over just to make sure it's definitely turn the words. I could write up some script to do a more accurate calculation, but um, that's not really necessary because just take time away, energy away from getting the actual game script out, which is the important part, more so than I, I do, I do more or less super accuracy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I actually had the script around here somewhere. It's I wrote up some various different command line tools for when I was writing Planet Oz including more accurate word diff script. So that there somewhere. It's doable. Important thing though is 
making sure it actually gets done more so than super accurate type. Yeah, after all, this is writing a script, not accounting. I was going to say, I'm glad I'm not the only one who has custom scripts, so custom <laughs> shell scripts set up for writing. Yeah. Although it immediately makes me think of the SK, the, the famous XKCD comic about the trade-off <laughs> between, you know, how much time are you saving yourself and how much time is it the whole chart for whether or not it's worth it to write the tool. And I intentionally ignore that chart every time I sit down to write a little tool. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, that that could be a whole, a whole topic on its own, so I won't dig in. Exactly. It's actually that really could be a on topic. Not to record an episode on that later. But yeah, that's enough yeah, about my progress for now. Yeah, how about you? Uh, it's also gone well. So um, nice. without going into it, I, I will you know clear context. And I've told you this off recording. It's been a hectic two weeks, but I did get Ooh. within that progress on uh, Necromancer's Escape, which I was previously Ooh. calling Deep Deep Labyrinth. I don't know if I've actually used the new name on an episode before, but that is a new mm -hmm. name for the current project, the Necromancer's Escape. Um, Necromancer's I implemented, Escape. Uh, I implemented character swapping. So in this game, you Ooh. play as... I don't have the characters named yet, and I'm working on some character art that I'm going to expand in like the, the names and backgrounds, but essentially a fighter and an archer. And it's nice. a first-person dungeon crawler, and so you swap between those two, a melee and a ranged hero swapping back and forth depending on the enemies you're fighting and the, the context. Um, and okay. I'm playing with the idea of giving them some different, uh, also each having like some sort of secondary ability. I'm not sure what those would be Ooh. yet, um, or if for sure if I'll do that. But the character swapping, I'm, I'm liking, and I've got some tweaks to make to it, but um, it's made the demo levels I have already feel a lot nicer. Like before, they were kind of one character. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of had a, the idea that the story would be two, but it played just... <laughs> You could either shoot an arrow or swing a sword, and now I'm actually working the two characters into the gameplay, and it feels nice. a lot more tactical because you're thinking of that switch, and the switch takes time because the mm. one character steps back in the view, and the other character steps forward. Um, it looks a little bit like, um, lay or at least layout-wise, like um, Resident Evil Four with the over-the-shoulder, but all, all, but sort of first-person controls. Other than that, um, nice. So Something like that, but yeah, I'm happy yeah. with it. And um, along with that, I also, since this was an older project, I had resurrected. I did some more code cleanup from stuff that was a little rough whenever I left it off before. Um, I've also tweaked the um, the low res effect that I have in it because it's supposed to look like a old '80s PC game or maybe early '90s PC game. Um, and I'm happier with the resolution I adjusted it to, and it looks a lot more, a lot more like the thing in my head that I'm thinking. Like I want this to look like something you conceivably have installed off of a couple three and a half floppies. Nice. Yeah, I've already saw the screenshot, the screen capture you showed me. That was impressive. I really like the idea you mentioned of swapping out the character versus swapping out just the weapons. And the kind of important technical decision that is with having to time for that. It's just like kind of like here in Entry Odyssey, you've got the front row of combatants and the back row of combatants. And each row comes, only has so much room and comes with trade-offs. So that sounds very cool. Very much looking forward to trying that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, because I have the, the two characters, I'll be able to start putting in some, the storyline will mm. include a lot of dialogue between the two, which I couldn't do with nice. a single character. So they'll be able to, you know, be able to develop 
between those two characters as you progress through uh, in a way that I, I couldn't otherwise do, um, which is good because uh, since it's a real like low visual style, I need to push some of that theming and content through text to make up for some of that. Um, right. That'll, that'll help to build up some of the ambiance that I'm looking for. Yeah, you can just spray paint expository graffiti all over the walls. <laughs> That's one that was a option, I guess. <laughs> yes, that was a jab at a lot of world building, environmental storytelling, and some other games. And, and of course, I, I was intending to get some of the sort of dialogue cutscene things implemented as well. Uh, I did not nice. get to those, although nice. I have some of the steps planned out. So I'll be able to, to dig into it in earnest this week, and I hope I should have that that working um, by the end of the week, so I can start working on the opening scenes, which is what I'm hoping to do. Nice. Excited for that. Cool. So that takes care of uh, status updates for now. Guess we want to talk about I guess status updates, tracking progress in general. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a. I'm really interested in talking about that because it's something. It's one of the things I'm really interested in about like progress updates is how much the indie game community is built around progress updates. Yeah. Uh, things like source and screenshot Saturdays and yeah. a dozen other variations on on that habit, and that's how we find each other and keep track of other projects and promote games and encourage other people. Um, there's a lot built around dev updates, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I can think of one game, one person I was already following on Mastodon, well, through Mastodon, I should say, on the Fediverse. And I've been following them from just coincidentally, wasn't expecting them to actually be making a game. They weren't expecting to make a game, but they enjoyed doing fake game mockups, got really deep into mocking up how they would imagine this puzzle game. And then they hooked up with uh, her own wife and uh, realized they could actually make this into an actual game because they had the skill set. And they're hoping to have it on the Switch in the foreseeable future. That and is awesome. The, yeah. It's been a really trip just uh, to see the what, whole journey there. What, what's the name of that? What, what would that be I if I... I have to look it up. Darn. Uh, I'll have to go searching for it. We'll put the show notes later. All right. Yeah, yeah that's I'd been a, that. Yeah, goodness knows. I need to do similar things, especially screenshot Saturday. I'm going to put that on my calendar right now um, and demonstrate the I'm going to actively demonstrate the value of uh, having this kind of podcast and regular updates by reminding myself I can put a calendar thing up here. Screenshot Saturday from Tartari and repeats weekly on Saturday. Okay, I got reminders. Sweet. So I have a reminder for myself every Saturday to actually post to Screenshot Saturday with that hashtag and whatnot. And actually, I don't know how much I'm going to have to show screenshot wise and Tartari if it's all words, but close enough. Yeah, this will be good. Um, do you have a particular like favorite source of dev updates that you like, even like recreationally? Because I, I like to go like, um, I mean, to the different screenshot Saturday threads or 
to the Tixorce forums where they have the the dev forums specifically. Um, is there any particular ones that you enjoy going to just to see what people have been working on? For me, definitely the social media. Which is more about just my tendency to not check in on stuff elsewhere, which is more just me. But definitely the social media, the seeing screenshots and passing as part of their regular feed and all that other context. So I know I follow Christine Love on the Fediverse, um, so the person from the devs. If anything, I've been meaning to follow more game devs on that. But yeah, just it's a nice little thing, a nice little treat in between other posts to see, oh, here's a screenshot update. Yay! So yeah, definitely social yeah. media for me. I really like, um, and I, I want to, previous games I've worked on, I've put up on Source on the dev update forum and tried to, and, and kept updates through the, the project. And I really like the the coherence of that because you, you the, the pattern is usually that you make a thread and you update that thread every time you have a new update. So there's a history that you can go through there and you can see the progress of everything done through a game from like the first little uh, one evening prototype to the end. Um, and it, there's some like really well-known indie games uh, right now that you can go up on TigSource and find threads that go back like five years and watch, you know, not, not just the progress they've had, but the conversations with other developers and with people responding to them along the way and suggesting things or, or, or we're getting excited about some some part of it. And it's, it's really cool to have that sort of history built up over there. Whereas on, you know, I love seeing a great, exciting GIF of some cool thing somebody building. Like uh, Pepper Grinder is one that I found just from seeing a tweet about a, with a little GIF of the actions you can do in that game. I was like, oh my God, that looks so cool. Um, but the one downside to the social media sharing of dev updates and, and GIFs is that it's completely disjointed. You know, there's, yeah. Not really a way to tie them together except for follow that account and hope Twitter shows you the right thing because you can't tell it to actually show you everything anymore. <laughs> well, that's one reason why I left Twitter and largely and left Facebook is that mm-hmm. with Macedon server client and most Fediverse client servers, you get chronological timelines. That show everything people posted in the order they posted there, them in. There is, I, I said that you can't, but there is, there is a catch. There is a way to do it on Twitter, which yeah. is Twitter had bought TweetDeck, which they still keep updated and do not implement the algorithm in. Nice. So that's, I, I don't know why more people don't use it for that reason. Who complain about the timeline? Um, I don't like people complain about the interface on t- new Twitter all the time, and I just like that. Ah, still exactly the same because I use this other one. And I know it'll yeah. keep working because it's theirs, not like a third-party one they're going to shut down. Okay, that's too much talking yeah. about Twitter. I was about to say, yeah. But another thing, good place to do it, uh, Patreon updates, blog updates. One thing I really need to do is update my personal blog. And what better thing to do it with than the Atari updates? That's a good thing to do. Yeah, like even if you don't, even if it's like a really short blog post, that little bit update, as long as it's consistent, does a lot both for your fans, maintain their interest, and for your own productivity. If you know you're updating in a week, you're probably much more likely to do something on that week in the meantime. So you have something to show when it comes to the next blog update. Yeah, as far as a good, the problem with like posting a little blog is that not a lot of people, well, 
first of all, the extra use of RSS readers has dropped frustratingly. Um, and it's hard to, you know, for that to actually reach any new people, which is a lot of the points during these updates. Um, yeah. One way to do it that is still a blog like format, but is still going to reach more people is, um, you know, on itch, they added dev updates mm, as a feature for right. games, including unreleased ones. So there's a lot of games I follow by following the game on itch and the dev updates that people do there. Um, and then not only do you get the word out to people and, you know, and, and build up a following through that, but it's a following attached to the place they can buy it once it's ready to be bought. That's some really um, good flow and- right there. Also themed along with your store and with the the page you put up, so it just kind of all ties in real nice. I think um, I'd like to once I get enough to present a store page up, you know, even like the, the un, unreleased version, um, to start doing my dev updates on HIO for that reason, because it'll be like one place yeah. I can keep them, and I'll probably cross post to Tig Source too. But the reason I haven't done any of those because I I don't I, I wonder if like is it a bad idea to start doing updates like this? if you aren't at a point where you're sure you're going to keep committing to it or at least Mm. consistently, you know, like what if I had started these months ago before I changed and started working on neon den for like six months, that would have looked bad. I had this big window of apparently no work done. So it's like, you know, yeah, I, I overthink that kind of worry a lot with these. Yeah. Definitely not a straightforward thing because you know, for some people in some situations, the obligation of the update um, can actually hamper stuff, productivity. Conversely, for other folks, it might help get them to actually carry it all the way through in the first place. So I guess it's one of those things where for any individual person, I strongly recommend trying it and seeing whether it works or not. And make sure it's a good experiment and maybe even try it more than once to see if certain little tweaks to the process make it helpful when might otherwise be. It's definitely one of those things where there's no universal answer for, for whether you should be doing those kind of updates or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think any other places we do talk about updates. I think one thing you want to keep in mind is definitely length. You don't want to spend so much time doing an update that you lose all the will to doing other work that day, other stuff. And small updates can be plenty and probably more satisfactory than um, like a really overly wrought one might be. That you also don't want to spoil too much an update that there isn't there to discover in the game. Itself. Yeah, it's a balance fine because you're going to, especially if you're trying to do it consistently, like if you want to put up a new screenshot every Saturday and you work on a game for yeah. two years, that's a lot of content to put out about the game over that time without yeah. putting out more than you want to. That's way more in uh, accumulative than whatever you go into like a couple trailers that you eventually put out. Right. You know, the caveat that a trailer can be a lot more of a production than a simple screenshot. It's all matter of I mean, balance and target. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in terms of you're going to, um, like if you're, because if you're showing what you're working on every week, that means you're essentially going to show at least a little bit of every single thing in the game, every area that you worked on, every feature that you worked on, everything will have something shared. And so there will be no surprises, but at the same time, nobody's going to go back and look at every single update. It's not necessarily, a, you know, 
revealing too much or spoiling something if it's out in the public because just because it's there doesn't mean that anybody is going to consume that much of it. So it's probably so it's probably a worry that is not necessary. Yeah, nothing to fret too much over, and the, the occasional little bit of spoilery content makes people feel like they're getting a nice little treat. And as long as you have some sort of way of labeling it effectively as a spoiler, I put it behind the link, put it behind a content warning, whatnot. Everyone who's really anxious about a spoiler can just opt out. And also, don't forget, you don't have to do screenshots of just the gameplay. You can screenshots of your development environment, show the IDE in action, show the editor being used, show you changing up the map in some space, before and afters, um, take physical photos, I analog screenshots, uh, real-world screenshots of your game being played in some environment. And one of the coolest things I've seen is people's games in the real world being played by people, and it just is really exciting. Yep. So yeah. a lot of different ways you can do screenshots Saturday. Yeah, those are all those are all good ideas to, to mix it up as well uh, without revealing too much. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Right, I think uh, I'm pretty much good for status update. Status updates when I get meta. I think pretty much good on things to add for this. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I, I agree. I had a good time talking about it, and um, it is making me think about doing them more and um, sticking to it better. Nice. So I guess we want to talk about what are our plans, speaking of status updates, what are our plans for next week? Yeah, sure. Um, let me start. Um, I am going to finish those cutscenes I was talking about. Um, and part of putting in the cutscene implementation is to get even a bare bones, um, crappy looking um, opening menu interface so that you can go into the first cutscene. Because I... I thought about this before. I want to start working towards the bookends of the project. Ooh. So you know that yeah. means. Title, menu, go into a, a, a level with an opening cutscene, and then end the level playing the end game screen, and then start filling everything in between. So nice. cutscenes and maybe the menu is my goal. Woo. All right, for me, it's going to be daily progress on Atari. Maybe ramp up the word count goal if that seems achievable. Workload life allowing. I want to do a Patreon update because it's overdue for one and coming up on time for one anyway, even if I don't have the Patreon charging right now. And uh, commission new character art. I've got enough work on this new character route, this Patreon backer paid for route. Thank you, Car thank you, Patreon Baker. Thank you, Patreon Backer. And that it's time to go ahead and get some character art. So I can actually be in the game. All right, so that's going to be good. Um, that is it for me. Because we also want to talk about what we've been playing, reading, whatnot. I can start with that. Uh, I read recently, the last several weeks, all of the Murderbot Diaries. That's been very interesting. Let me find the author name right quick. Um, Martha Wells, uh, writing for Tor Books, has a very interesting series about a non-human protagonist and... It's uh, sci-fi adventures. Quite a good read so far. Do recommend it. Again, that was Murderbot Diaries. Top of that, there's the final Splatfest, which I think I actually already missed. So 
sad tear. Um, what else? Been playing too much. Slay Aspire. He keeps drawing me back in. Save me. Send help. No. Um, a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night because I kickstarted that way back in the day, and have it anyway. And I don't think it's for me. I think it's a little too much grinding expected of it, to exclusion of skill development. Feel like I'm poorly equipped to fight the next boss just because I haven't beat up enough other enemies versus developing sharp skills. So I'm sure I know there are people out there who really enjoy it. I've seen their posts on social media, but I don't think it's really my game. And even though I already back started it, backed it Kickstarter, already paid for it, downloaded whatnot, I remind myself that doesn't mean I have to try and beat it. I can just say, not to my liking, and just like a bad choice of salad, go on to the next one. Yeah, you spend about as much more money going out to the movies as you do backing something on Kickstarter, and you don't always like every movie you go to. It's not any different. Yep. Yep. All right. So um, how about you, Gavin? Well, you know, I'm going to be brutally honest. I have played way too much Overwatch, and that is a side effect of <laughs> the stressful couple of weeks. That's, yeah. a, that's my go-to unwind. Um, also, because they are doing a big change coming up right now, which is they are separating the competitive play into three into the three roles, including separate Ooh. SRs. So I am just about to Ooh. hit gold. I've been working towards it because I'm not great, but I've been practicing. And I basically, this is my last season. I can hit like the regular single SR gold before it gets split into three. So it's made me really want to actually hit that. Um, nice. Plus, I hooked back up with uh, some friends I used to play with. Um, earlier this year and a bit last year and uh just good to connect with them again and and play because that's fun so yeah i've been doing a lot of that um and the slay the spire i've also played that i've been playing that as well a lot including the sailor moon mod oh i heard about that one that was fantastic it's so much fun i do wish that they would included sailor moon enemies it's it's sailor moon and sailor moon cards but the enemies are still all the, the default Slay the Spire stuff. Understandable. I, yeah, of course. I'm not going to say, oh, you didn't give me even more for free. But it just <laughs> would, it would be really cool, especially if like the, just the bosses maybe were from from that. But I, I can see yeah. why that would have been a problem. Yeah, because those things are all like multi-phasic. Sometimes it would be hard to be replaced with others. But yeah, I can totally see that being like a part two uh, mod, especially if they want to charge for it. Cool. Oh, anything else? So this is going to add. Um, are you more PC or console for Overwatch? Uh, for Overwatch, I'm on PC. Yeah, we definitely need to play together some more. I'm still trying to figure out how I ever managed to reach gold rank, pretty much with just placements. Got lucky. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I have... <laughs> Before this season, I never hit uh, above 1850, and uh, my high mark now is 1964. I'm really close, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's also hard to play. Is... What's that? I don't think my number has been anywhere near that, so I don't know if either I'm misremembering or just like the ranking is divorced from that in some way. I know. Hmm. I have to look because I, yeah, I played very little besides placements. We even did that. So it's more like getting lucky with looking into good teams during placement and then basically riding that wave. That counts for a lot. 
Yeah. All right. I definitely forward to the role change, though. That's like a whole separate discussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's a good one overall. It just has given me a drive to hit the goal I've had now because then it would be a new goal afterwards. Yeah. So, you can do it, Calvin. Yeah, I just got to maybe temper back how much I'm doing it. I still got a month, yeah. so I, I need to pace myself. Right, I think cool. I'm going to like try to schedule playing time so that I, I yeah. can tell myself, no, I don't need to play right now because I'm going to play this other time. So Yeah, it's a very real, it's a very real good little life hack. It's a struggle. Cool. All right. So, the, yeah. Struggle is real. All right. So, I think we're good to go. So, thank you very much for uh, recording with me, Calvin. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. You too. Have a good rest of the weekend. All right. You too. And good night. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at sidequestcompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week.